coming in and the students are coming in to join us today. Everyone in the lobby, come on in. How about lobby time? Isn't that fun? How many people met someone new? <laughs> that's awesome. And that's the point. That's the point. You know, the body of Christ, really, as believers, uh, it's, our, it's really a characteristic to be inclusive. Whoops, we're going in and out. Oh, it is? We've got a... Okay, that's all right. Welcome, everyone. All right, so here we go. A uh, couple of things we got to get out of the way first. How about uh, checking in? Everybody check in right now? And uh, do a selfie. Have you seen those selfie check-ins? So the three of you do a selfie and check in. And uh, yeah, that's always kind of fun. Boy, it got really quiet in here, didn't it? <laughs> that's really... Everybody make a little bit of noise. Make me feel, okay, uh, there we go. There, now, all right. We got to be a little rowdy here at the beginning. All right, I want to call your attention to all of the, go to your program. Everybody open up your program. All of the announcements are in there. They're printed out. Look at all the children coming in here. This is going to be awesome. Um, and all the students, look at all the students. If you're not a student or a child, welcome them. Say welcome. All right. Yeah, that's awesome. So the, the announcements are in there, but I do want to call your attention to Trunk and Treat. We still need candy, 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 candy. Lots of candy. If you can buy some candy. Buddy and I went to Walmart the other day, and we've, we got seven of those $25 uh, bags. And it really made a scene in Walmart. I mean, they said, what in the world are you going to do? So we got to tell them. And it really, well, we didn't buy it. His mom gave him $200. Candy. So, uh, Buddy and I contribute our own, but it's not quite $200. But anyway, if you can do that, that'd be great. And also, we still need 14 trunks, okay? Uh, we need people to do trunks, kind of put candy in your trunk and be part of that whole thing, okay? So, um, that's that. And also, the beautiful Broken Life Tour. You can get your tickets out at the Information Center. And then one thing I want to call your attention to as well, not next week, but the week after that, we're going to do our celebration service in the weekend services. So Saturday night, Sunday morning, we're going to do baptisms, baby dedications. It's going to be a celebration that we have that looks very different on the weekend. So if you know of anyone that wants to be baptized or a child uh, to be dedicated, uh, we'll be sharing communion, the whole thing. Uh, on the, in the weekend services. So uh, be mindful of that and mark your connection card if you'd like to be part of that. Okay, where's P? You're going to come up here. Uh, you know that lobby time song? Come on up here, P. Uh, and the band's going to be coming out. Come on out, band. You're going to be singing it with me. You guys know lobby time, right? Let's go out to the lobby. What did you wake up to this morning, P? That song, didn't you? <laughs> they, they couldn't get her up. And so they came in and they played, let's go out to the la. Okay, so let's teach them. Now, P's going to teach you this song, and in order for her to feel successful, you're going to have to learn it and sing it back to her, okay? So here we go. Let's get to the lobby. Let's get to the lobby. Let's get to the
to the lobby. Let's get to the lobby. Let's get to the lobby and meet somebody new. with the students. She leads worship over, over there, and Audrey is uh, representing our children, and we're going to worship. Okay, are you ready to engage in worship? Here we go.
Well, good morning. You can be seated. Welcome to church today. We're glad you're here. If you're a guest, we welcome you. Didn't you love the energy these kids brought to the uh, excitement that worship this morning and our students? Good to have them here. Hey, I just have one quick thing. Every year for the last 22 years, we've taken our annual Thanksgiving offering. Our annual Thanksgiving offering is money that we give away to others. It's for our missions. Hey, bud. Yeah. Just wait one minute till we get all the energy out. Okay. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to suck the room dry of the energy. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Now, we don't want the children and the students to have all the energy, do we? Everybody say, buddy, we can't wait to hear what you have to say. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right, you well, take it now, bud. I could just take about two minutes and just tell you everything that's on my mind, and that'd be it. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, hey, we're glad you're here. I'll start over. We're doing our Thanksgiving offering uh, the third weekend of November. It's an annual offering that we take, and every uh, dime that comes in in that offering, we give away to missions. Uh, here in the local community and around the world. And this year our goal was 55,000. We've been bumping around that for the last couple of years. We had 52 or four last year, and our goal was 50. And uh, so this year our goal is 55,000. It's probably one of our most critical uh, years that we've ever had in our Thanksgiving offering because uh, here at Salem Fields, we haven't been able to give away as much money as we normally are able to do. And uh, so this Thanksgiving offering helps us to meet our goal of giving. And uh, so we try to give 20% of all of our income away every year. And we're just riding around, we're riding around 10% this year. And uh, we have some people that count on us every year. So if you'd pray about that uh, and just ask God what he'd have you to give. You know, uh, Gay and I have decided this year we're going to double what we gave last year. And we've challenged our board to do the same. And so you just pray, and whatever God lays on your heart, will you give that in our Thanksgiving offering? That's an offering above our tithes, our regular tithes. And so thank you for considering that, okay? Clap. Say yes. <laughs> yes, buddy. Yes. We will listen to what you have to say. Okay. Um, so at the next song, at this very next song, the baskets are going to come by. There's a variety of ways to give. So go ahead and get your tithes and offering ready now because when we begin this song, uh, the ushers will come. And uh, as we talked about last week, once we begin to engage and enter into worship, which we already have. I mean, we've walked in here and God's presence is here. We're prayed up. Uh, we met on Thursday night, and we kind of got all the logistics out of the way, and so we're ready to just allow the Holy Spirit to do whatever the Holy Spirit chooses to do. His presence is here. And so when those baskets come by, go ahead and put your tithes and offering in there, and then after it goes by, just stand up. And I would encourage you, remember what worship is. It's not a spectator sport. It's actually an opportunity for you to engage with the Holy Spirit and to allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you. Now, it's amazing what happens when the body of Christ comes together because something different happens in a, in a setting like this than anywhere else. And people think that church isn't relevant, but the reality of it is there's a part of what God wants to speak to us about that can't happen anywhere else except for when his, his people gather together. So I would encourage you to anticipate to look forward to how he wants to speak to you this morning. Now, last week, we were, we were um, worshiping the majesty, the greatness, the goodness of God. 
You know, so many times we go to God with our petitions and with our needs, but he really wants us to connect with who he is before we're asking him for something. And it's just our human nature to be asking him and, and keep us safe and do all of that. But last week, we, we worshiped his majesty. We, wish, we worshiped God, a God that's so much bigger than any of our words or any of our, our songs or, or anything. He's just so big. Now, this week, we're focusing on Jesus. And uh, Jesus is the greatest gift that mankind has ever received. And you know, there's so much church stuff that gets in the way. And we, we begin to kind of slide into this place of, we just do this. Almost like, well, it's Sunday morning, we go to church. But the point of the gospel centers around one person, and that's Jesus. The greatest gift that we've ever had. And so today, as we enter into worship, as you become mindful of how he wants to speak to you, remember at the very core of everything is Jesus, our relationship with him. Now, when you see the lyrics on, on the screen, those are words of praise. It's like the songwriters have given us words that will allow us to focus on Jesus and to lift him up. So I don't know what it takes for you to engage in that place. I know what it takes for me, but together as we do that, we'll experience something very precious and very wonderful. So this week, it's all about Jesus.
Thank you. You can be seated. And that is the truth. There is none like Jesus. There never has been and there never will be. Um, you know, we talked about last week the majesty of God. And if we think about that and we think about the majesty of God that he rules over the universe. And then we think about us here, lowly on earth. But the reality is our God left that majesty to come meet us here right where we're at. You know, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, a uh, German pastor during the time of the Nazis, uh, he had this to say. He said, God is so free and so marvelous that he does wonders where people despair, that he takes what is little and lowly and makes it marvelous. And that is the wonder of all wonders, that God loves the lowly. God is not ashamed of the lowliness of human beings. God marches right in. He chooses people as his instruments and performs his wonders where one would least expect them. God is near to the lowliness. He loves the lost, the neglected, the unseemly, the excluded, the weak, and the broken. See, the love of God for humanity is what brought Jesus to earth. He left the gloriousness of heaven to be born in a lowly manger. Now, if we think about that, God lowered himself to be near to his creation, a creation that was in sin, a creation that was broken, a creation that was weak, a creation that so many had turned their back on, yet he still left everything to come for you and for me. You know, the way in which Jesus was born is a perfect depiction of how he meets us where we're at, how he meets us in the lowest possible place in our life. Bethlehem, a, a city that was really insignificant, uh, King David was born there, and it was prophesied that that's where the Savior would come from. But in terms of all of Judah, it was insignificant. Nothing happened. It was just a small, quiet little town. Yet that's where Jesus chose to be born. And he chose to be born in a manger, a manger that was a feeding trough for animals. This lowly, stinky, muddy little place, unfit for a king, uh, definitely unfit for the king of the universe, but yet that's where he chose to come. So see, Bethlehem, more than just a place, was a depiction that, you know what, God meets each and every single one of us, when whether we're in rock bottom, in our darkest, most deepest place of despair, that's where Jesus comes in. It's from that place that we meet our Savior. You know, and so I love that picture of Jesus Jesus, born of a virgin, uh, both fully God and fully man. See, born of a virgin coming in from a woman, the same way you are to be fully man. But being born of a virgin to maintain his godliness. Because he was not uh, subject through the seed of man where original sin, the sin that dwells within us, comes from. But here's the deal. We have a Savior that knows our weaknesses, because just like you and me, he was tempted and he was tried. You know, I love what the Bible says. It says in Hebrews, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect 
has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Yeah, I love that. I love the fact that we have a Savior that, yes, he is king of the universe, but he came down and he lived as you and me so that he could also relate to us. He also knows what we go through on a daily basis. So there is nothing that we face that Jesus cannot speak into and heal. And so uh, think about this. Jesus, our Savior. Just that idea should bring us to a place of awe and wonder. God leaving all the gloriousness of heaven to come and live as a human being for his creation. You know, when sin entered the world through Adam, the redemption and the, the rescue plan was set into place. And it took the form of Jesus. God came down to do what only he can do. And so I just wonder, you know, I, I think about the scripture in John 1.14 out of the message, and it says, The word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. We saw the glory with our own eyes, the one-of-a-kind glory, like father, like son, generous inside and out, and true from start to finish. We want to know what God's heart is for humanity. All we have to do is look at Jesus. If we want to know what God's heart is for you and for me, all we have to do is look at Jesus. See, the Old Testament was a picture of God, but it was an incomplete picture of God. Jesus came the way he lived, the way he loved, the way he served. Miracle after miracle. Meeting the least, the down and out, the broken, the hurting. That's where Jesus meets each and every single one of us. And gives us the truest picture of God. And so it's from that place of thanksgiving, of that place of reflecting on that truth of who Jesus is, that we should always have a heart of worship for him. And so I just want to encourage us as we continue to worship, let's just keep that picture of Jesus at the forefront of our minds. And let's just let an attitude and uh, just a humbleness of thanksgiving and praise pour out of our hearts onto him. Now we have heard the word. And now let's let it apply to our lives. Let's stand together. Let's engage with his spirit. You know what I, I've, I've just got to share as Rich was speaking, God spoke to me about something. And I love it. I love it. Open your hearts and your minds to what he has for you.
that that's a weapon that we carry on us at all times. You know, our world wants to be in controversy about weapons, but a weapon that you and I have at all times is the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. So no matter what situation we're in, all we have to do is speak the name of Jesus. He has no rival. He has no equal. There is nothing on this earth that can overcome him. And so Rich talked to us about Jesus' birth and how God in his majesty allowed us to have Jesus. It was God wrapped in skin that came to earth. And when Jesus came to earth, he gave us a model of how to live. He taught us and he showed us how to live as a human being that has the power of God available to us. So that when temptation comes, we don't have to buckle to it. That we can call his name and we can have the power to overcome it. And so God said, so, so God said that we can have that power. And when Jesus came, he gave us a model of how to live. That's our challenge, is to live like Jesus. And it's impossible without his power. Even the scripture tells us this. Let's read it together. Whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. If we call ourselves a Christ follower, then we need to keep our eyes on him. Who are you, Jesus? How did you live? How did you interact when you were on your donkey out there on the road and somebody ran you off the road? What did you do? Well, in Luke 2, 41 through 52, it gives us a snapshot of how Jesus lived on this earth. And it says that he was serious about his relationship with God. He was God, he was on earth, but he was serious about looking to his father at all times in how he would live on this earth. He was a listener. He wasn't so quick to tell everybody else his story. He listened to theirs. And what a difference that made in the lives of people. He was dedicated. He wasn't stuffing just a little bit of this God thing into his life. It was his life. He was dedicated. And he sought God more than anything else. He was God, but he sought to know his father better. And you know what I really love and what we need more than anything in our culture today? He valued and respected all people. He didn't separate them out and say, well, you're doing this and so you're a little lower. He didn't. He respected all people. He respected his teachers. Now, he was God. He was Jesus. But he respected those that were teaching him in the synagogue. He found himself in the synagogue. He, he was a learner. He wanted to learn. He respected people of, of different races. It didn't matter to him. He'd go through Samaria. And that was people that were shunned. He was so kind and respectful to women. He didn't say, well, you're just a little lower than me. Nope. He respected children. He valued them. He told other people, watch them, because unless you become like them, you're not going to be able to get into the kingdom of God. He respected and valued all people. That's a message for us today, to be like him. 
You see, we can't do this on our own. We are called to be transformed into looking more like him. It's not about a job we do. It's not about the service that we give. It's about are we being transformed to be more like him. Now let's read this together. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then are we as Christ followers being transformed into being more like him?
as Jesus came to earth through his birth, he lived and he gave us an example. His purpose was to die for each one of us. Let's continue to worship him.
So, Father, that's what we do here this morning. God, we lift up your name, Jesus. God, we worship you with a heart of thanksgiving, with a heart of adoration, God. God, for you alone are worthy of our praise. Jesus, the name above every other name. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, you can be seated. Have you ever messed up in a big way and had someone else take your punishment? You know, imagine with me, if you would, getting your third traffic violation. You go to court, you plead your case, and the judge wraps his gavel on his desk, and he says, I find you guilty, and I sentence you to 30 days in jail. And then something shocking happens. The judge gets up from his uh, his uh, seat there on high and he takes off his majestic robe and he walks down uh, uh, to the, from his lofty position to the bailiff and he sticks out his hand and he says, handcuff me and take me away because I'm going to serve their 30-day sentence. You know, this is what Jesus' death and, uh, does for us. We deserve punishment and he took it for us. We broke the law you and I, we broke the law, and he paid the price. You see, Jesus, by his suffering, by the shedding of his blood and his death on the cross, made atonement for all of our sins. Now, the, the, to atone for something is to make amends, to reconcile, to make, a, to make amends and to reconcile. Atonement is the way that God uh, repaired the broken relationship between humanity and himself. So why did Jesus have to die for the atonement of our sins? Well, to fully understand why Jesus had to die, we have to know who God is and who we are in a relationship to him. You see, after God created the world, it was perfect. And then he created Adam and then Eve, and he placed them in this awesome place called the Garden of Eden, and everything there was perfect in the beginning. But in Genesis chapter 3, Satan comes along, the devil, he comes along, and he seduces Adam and Eve uh, into doing the only thing that God commanded that they not do. You see, God said to them, you can eat from any tree in this perfect garden, in this perfect place, except from the, the tree of knowledge of good and evil. It was at that point that all hell broke loose. It was at that point that sin entered into the world and everything changed. You see, sin is the corruption of our nature. The corruption of our nature. We're all born with a, a sinful nature uh, that causes you and I to act selfish. We're born with a nature that causes you and I to rebel against God. We're born with a nature that causes you and I to hurt each other. It's because of sin that God had to move Adam and Eve out of the garden 
forever. Therefore, everyone born after that faithful day, including us, uh, was born into sin, to their sins, separated from God forever. And the Bible says there must be a payment for sin, and that payment is death. The Bible says in Romans 6.23 that the wages of sin is death, and the Bible says that we're all sinners, that we've all fallen short of the glory of God. Now, to understand this, you have to go back to the Old Testament and the book of Leviticus especially, and, uh, and you talk about the day called the Day of Atonement. Now, on the Day of the Atonement, the people in the Old Testament uh, would make a temporary sacrifice for their sins, which required that they bring an innocent, uh, spotless, blemish-free animal as a temporary atonement for their sins. And God did that because of His grace. He gave a temporary provision for forgiveness through the death of an animal. Now, but no amount of sheep or no amount of human effort could remove sin from the world. And God knew it. So at, the, at just the right time, God sent his one and only son, Jesus, to be the perfect, spotless, and once and for all permanent substitute for us. In other words, Christ took our place. We deserve death. Just as Adam's disobedience brought sin and death uh, to all people, Jesus' perfect obedience brought forgiveness for all people. So knowing that death is the punishment for sin explains why death is a necessary part of the atonement. And you can't understand that unless you understand God's character. Now when you understand God's character, you see, uh, like, unlike us, God is perfect. Unlike you and I, God is holy. And, and God is completely loving and yet completely just. And having a relationship with us is why God created us. God created you and I to be in relationship with him. That's why God created uh, man. He wanted man to, uh, a humankind to be in relationship. But you know what the problem is? We are not perfect, nor are we holy, right? Are any of y'all perfect? Yeah. And therein lies our problem. You see, a perfect God cannot be in relationship with an imperfect person. A perfect God cannot be in relationship with an imperfect person. It would violate his holiness and, and, and his innate sense of justice. We are sinners who deserve separation from God in a place called hell for eternity. But because God loves us, he made a way for us to be with him throughout all eternity. God is just, and that required us to be made right with him, and God's great love for us caused Jesus to take our punishment for our sins. You see, Jesus' death, his death on the cross, was the only possible way to atone for the sins of the world, and Jesus is the only way that you and I can have a relationship with him. The Bible says, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no person comes to me except uh, through, the, uh, through the Father. You see, even our best days and our best efforts without the blood of Jesus, uh, we would deserve death as our punishment. Even on our best days with our best efforts. The Bible says that he was pierced for our transgressions, that he was crushed for our iniquities. 
The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. Folks, we did nothing. You and I did nothing to earn our forgiveness and everything to deserve punishment. But in God's great love for us, he sent Jesus. Not because we are worthy of it, but because God loves us. Because of his great love and mercy. Jesus gave his life so that you and I could be reconciled with God. That separation that happened in the garden because of Jesus' death on the cross, we are no longer separated from God. We can approach the throne of grace and mercy and walk right up to God through the death of Jesus Christ. So what is our response to a love so great? Well, you know, I don't know about you, but my, my, my response is just to worship God. You know, I, I can't sing, and you know, but I can tell you I sing the loudest I can sing, and probably the people behind me probably go, oh my gosh, why do we sit here every week? But you know, my response, if I'm a believer in Jesus Christ, I believe our response should be that we would worship God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, and all of our minds, and just praise God. And if you're not a believer today, I believe your response would be, God, forgive me, I'm a sinner. And I invite you into my life to be my Savior and that you would worship him through your prayer of of seeking God's love and forgiveness and inviting him into your life to be your Savior. So I would just say today that we just need to stand and worship God with a grateful heart and give him all the praise and adoration is due him because he was born in a lowly stable, he lived and taught us how to live, and he died on a cross so that you and I could be forgiven. Amen. Let's stand together, and that is our response. Thank you, Jesus. You came to earth, you lived, you died for us. Thank you so much. Yeah. 
in his resurrection. And as Buddy said, if this morning you're not in a relationship with Jesus Christ, you can be right now by saying, God, I'm that human that has been so selfish and has gone my own way. I've chosen my own path. I believe that you are the son of God. I believe that you came to earth, you lived and you died for my salvation. And you can enter into a relationship with him. And if you're doing that this morning, if you're making that decision, it's the best decision I ever made in my whole life. I was 18 years old, and my life was never the same from that point on. Oh, I was a pretty good person up until then, but my goodness would not get me into heaven. It was only by the blood of Jesus Christ. So here's a very simple word from Jesus. Let's read this together. He says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And you know what? This story is not finished. There's a chapter left. The trumpet's going to sound one day. And it's going to be in that moment that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess and everybody will have to give an answer for themselves. And the only question will be, what did you do with my son? Do you know him? And there's a lot of hope in this. And I know for the band, I can speak for us and so many of you, our hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and his righteousness. And that day when the trumpet sounds, we're going to be ready. It doesn't matter if it's tomorrow, if it's today, or if it's a thousand years from now, it's okay. Because we're ready. Don't leave today without being ready.
As we've thanked you, Jesus, for what you've done for us. God, may this transform us to leave this place with a smile on our face, free from the chains that want to bind us. Father, we have worshiped you. We have praised you. Jesus, you have armed us with your name. And when we leave this place, just the mention of your name, the enemy will flee. And that's all we need. And so, Father, we've moved up closer to you this morning. And we pray, Lord, that our world will be a different place because more light will go out into a darkened world that desperately needs that kind of hope that's built on Jesus' blood and your righteousness. And, Father, as we close this morning, I pray, Lord, that you'll continue to burn bright within each one of us that just the mention of your name, Jesus, the sweetest name we know, that will make a difference in our world. In Jesus' name. Jesus, 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 there's just something about the leaving out of here, right? What is it? The name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. At just the mention of his name, the enemy flees. The darkness flees. And so you're all ready. You're all ready to go out on the playing field. This has been the locker room, right? We've lifted up Jesus. Remember lobby time next week. Come early. See you next week. <laughs>